Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast. This show is the debrief into new Don signing, Vishante Bizawi. We spoke to Jerome Tyson, who as a Ado Den Haag fan, is, uh, as well as his other credentials, is well placed to give us a lowdown on our new Dutch import. Jerome, the first question I've got really, it, it's a simple one. It's uh, what kind of player is Vicente? Right, hi. Um, well, thank you for having me, uh, uh, first off. Uh, uh, it's cool to be uh, uh, audible on the other side of the pond. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Vicente uh, Basayan is uh, yeah, an interesting player. I'll, I'll, I'll get straight in there. Uh, don't expect him to be uh, the next Iron Robin. <laughs> but uh, he's an interesting, he's a decent player, um, mostly a winger. He's quick, uh, moves around a lot, reasonable dribble, uh, left wing, right wing, can play uh, at the centre. Could even play as a striker if it's really needed, but uh, yeah, everybody does see him as uh, more or less a winger. Can give the cross, uh, can cut inside as well. Um, his his main strengths are his pace. Uh, he's got decent technique. Um, on his day, he has a good pass and a good shot. When we say winger, do we mean old school winger, someone who's going to hug the touchline, <clears throat> beat a man, get a cross in, or are we talking someone who's going to play wide off of a central target man? Yeah, he's he's, he's not that much uh, traditional old school. Um, mm-hmm. He he can go out wide and he can deliver the cross, but it does happen a lot that he roams a lot, and you could have your uh, your wing back uh, overlap him. Uh, where he cuts inside for uh, for, for some quick uh, a quick one twos or, or for the development, he he can do both. But I would say he's a little bit more uh, where he roams for the space, and uh, yeah, where he basically where he cuts inside. Yeah, because I th- I think this season we've been playing it's been a four two three one, but the fullbacks really have been as high as wing backs. So, you know, we're expecting the players who are playing wide in that supporting three not to be quite so wide we're expecting them to be inside be supporting the um be supporting the central striker so it sounds like he fits that sort of system mm-hmm. yeah 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 that could uh, that could work that is a little bit um formation wise not exactly but that is a little bit how Ado uh, uh, have been playing so the uh, both uh, backs uh, are really playing a wing back role and they uh, they really really push forward mm-hmm. uh, sometimes taking on uh, effectively a winger role with then for example Bissarion uh, or the other winger if you will uh, cutting inside yeah a lot of a lot of transition a lot of movement now his first season at uh, Edio was a, it was a tough one for the club and um, finished bottom of the yeah. Divisi. Um but what was impressive uh, maybe not his output in terms of goals and assists, but the fact he got so many minutes and he started most weeks, uh, despite mm-hmm. not having that sort of great return and goal involvement. Yep. So what was he bringing to the side to keep his place and to keep the faith in the management? Yeah, yeah, it was a, a shocker of a season. <laughs> um... I was trying to be kind. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, but overall, maybe one one or two, maybe three players um, did a reasonable job and, and, and everybody else was just uh, just disappointing. Uh, Vicente was, um, I wouldn't say he was effective. Uh, he, he didn't he didn't 
provide any numbers, no goals, no assists. But you could tell, okay, this this kid is fairly talented, and he's actually a handful. You had the feeling, okay, he can get something going, and uh, and he does represent, or he did represent transfer value. Um, so um, yeah, I think they were hoping uh, for a spectacular moment. But you could tell, you know, he um, he, he was difficult for the defenders to uh, to, to keep uh, to keep hold of. He was ultimately he wasn't dreadfully effective. But, um, you know, he's one of those pacey wingers, moves around a lot, has a good dribble, has a good pass. Uh, he has the guts to shoot from, from angles. I would say he's, he's more a little bit too selfish at times. But um, that can obviously uh, uh, create some, some interesting moments. And, uh, yeah, that's something I think that Alan Pardew at the time was looking at as well. Uh, initially, and then later on, uh, there was a managerial transition, and uh, uh, yeah, they were just looking at uh, one or two players that could get something going. Yeah, I mean, if we talk about 2021 being a tough season for uh, Idio, it's really a, a almost a continuation of the um, curtailed 1920 season, wasn't it? When they were mm. adrift at mm. the bottom, when that season got. Uh, called early um it, just looking at the raw numbers it appears to to me that the highlight of that first season for him and perhaps one of the highlights for the team as a whole uh, of that season um was a game against Feyenoord he um he produced yep. two assists in, th in a 3-2 win <coughs> I mean that's a that's a really good level of opposition I mean the the Dutch top league obviously is a bit like the Scottish league in that you have a couple of powerhouse teams and you have some teams who yep. um are not are not at the same level Definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. That was uh, um, that was actually a moment where um, it, it was ninety five percent obvious that uh, that Ado were uh, uh, yeah were headed for relegation, and then suddenly uh, they beat Feyenoord, which um, happens more often actually. It's not uh, that wasn't completely one hundred percent out of the blue, but that was actually. Uh, at that time, it was a little bit unexpected, and that did spark. I think I did. I didn't check, but I think that was actually a run of two or three wins in a row. But uh, yeah, it was too little, too late. But that was a brief moment, and Vicente, uh, yeah, did show in that game that he uh, that he can uh, uh, produce the goods. Yep, yeah, yeah he. Um, his direct opponent was just a little bit clueless at that time, and uh, yeah, with a little luck, uh, he got a couple of assists in, and that is. Um, that was one of the rare occasions at that level. Remember that he is still, he was, and he still is young. And uh, now that he's been playing in the second tier, uh, yeah, the the level, the opposition is not as good. Uh, there's more opportunity to play an attack if, uh, attacking uh, uh, way of football. Um, but he does show a little bit more often uh, what he can produce. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm going to come on to that. I suppose that the attraction from uh, a data analyst point of view will be the output this year in terms of goals and assists, mm -hmm. taking into account the fact it's a lower level. But also the fact, I think, that he made so many appearances, got so many minutes at age 19 mm -hmm. last season in the top flight. I think that's got to be a, a positive when it comes to young players. So, the, you know, this year, well, it's not been entirely plain sailing for the club uh, in the lower league. But he certainly appears to be finding life a bit more to his liking in terms of his output. But how much of that increased goal tally and assist tally is, is down to him maturing and improving? And how much is it down to the uh, lower standard of opposition? Is it, obviously, it's difficult to make that call. But do you see signs of improvement in him as a player? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a it's a combination of of everything. Um, the the Dutch second tier is obviously not as good as the uh, the Dutch first tier. Uh, the Dutch second tier is even more uh, attacking and gung ho than, uh, <laughs> than what most people know of the Eredivisie. It's it's even worse or better depending on how you look at it. Um, and and yeah, he is a year older. And, and, and I did touch on that. You know, Ado were uh, one of the weaker sides. They were bottom, and now they are uh, one of the stronger sides. And uh, uh, anything, I'm not going to say they're going to finish top top of the league top two top three but top six that should uh, that should be 100 percent established reachable they should establish that and so yeah the level is weaker the uh, obviously ado uh, are stronger they have a good unit uh, together now um they've got uh thomas for height uh, who's actually played in england uh, before uh, who's, who's, who's bagging goals for fun um and and vicente he does get to shine more um, so his output is decent. Um, it's six, I think he's, he he ended up on six goals and not sure eight, nine, or ten assists. So that's uh, that's quite good. Uh, bear in mind that he does waste a lot of opportunities as well. But uh, he's still young. That's something to uh, to, to grow uh, on, and there's something to develop. But you can see um, in the combination with, with with some of his teammates that there's definitely uh, development in the player. Yeah. I mean, from our perspective here, it was a completely left field move. There was no um, hints of um, any signing in that direction whatsoever. Had there been any uh, talk of him moving on? Um, from Ado before the Aberdeen deal broke. I'm particularly interested as to, you know, why we were able to steal a march. Were there no none of the larger or even the top flight Dutch clubs interested? Yeah, I was I was a little surprised. Yeah, um, haven't heard of any any previous links to uh, to, to Aberdeen, uh, uh, for example. There, there were a couple of small rumours here and there uh, earlier on in this season. Um, it. it kind of makes sense uh, for him to move because Ado uh, do need the money. There is a whole takeover procedure, which I won't bore you with. Um, I think someone is writing a book and it will be a shocker. <laughs> but um, right now they need to fill a couple of gaps. So uh, the transfer fee that is involved with Vicente uh, is, is useful. Probably could have waited for until the end of the season to catch maybe a little bit more, but uh, it shouldn't be too spectacular from... Uh, Ado's perspective. I think it's a decent deal for Aberdeen. Um, top level sides, I don't think they've really been looking at him. Uh, yeah, they'll have scouted him, of course. But yeah. uh, I, I don't think he's good enough for the top half. Um, he could fit the, let's say, the bottom half of the Eredivisie. Uh, I don't doubt that. However, is he actually legitimately better than... Uh, six or seven of those current players, that's the question mark. And then the biggest issue is, can those clubs actually afford uh, a transfer fee? And uh, I don't really think so. Maybe one, maybe two. So the chances of him actually moving to an Eredivisie side was quite slim. And uh, obviously Aberdeen will be hoping that this growth that he's shown in the last um, six months, again, tempered by the fact that it's against a low level of opposition. But they'll be hoping and banking on the fact that there's still considerable growth to come. Now, obviously, he's mm -hmm. he's got a good schooling. He came through, you know, Ajax and the Roma youth systems. Yep. 
again, from what you see, is is there enough raw talent and raw ability there that there's still some way to go for him? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm not going to give you a hundred percent yes, but um, uh, I, I do believe that, that that this is actually a sensible move as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I always quantify the Eredivisie to be a little bit better than the Premiership, uh, not by not 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 by a massive uh, amount, but maybe because we have five or six. Uh, big clubs, whereas uh, in Scotland it's maybe only Rangers and Celtic. Uh, although I, I do believe Hearts, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Hibs, maybe uh, they're decent, uh, but it is a better level for sure than the uh, the Dutch second tier. Um, and uh, it will be good to see uh, Vicente uh, perform at that level, and he'll get the tough games against the top sides, and then he'll get a few maybe easier games to get the bo- against the bottom sides and. Uh, um, he should be good enough to uh, uh, create his own chances to get 20-25 games in and uh, at least this season um, and might not be the most uh, ideal expression but I can see him go to Aberdeen play there for uh, the season maybe next season and then I'm presuming it's it's a stepping stone for him to move mm-hmm. on to uh, a bigger club maybe to, 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 to Premiership that is, in, in England that is what probably a lot of football players will look at. I'm sure that's how it's been sold to him, absolutely. Um, but uh, but no, there are never any guarantees with young players, no. even with um, senior players, there are never any guarantees when it comes to a signing. But um, from our perspective, a very interesting left field one. And um, thank you, Joan, for a bit of insight into Vicente mm. Bezuin. You're very welcome, Richard. Thank you for having me. So yesterday was a case of one in and one out at Pataudry, with Niall McGinn's departure for Dundee being announced. Now, we wouldn't do this for just anybody, but, um, you know, Niall made a significant contribution to Aberdeen over the decade that, uh, nigh on the decade that he was at Pataudry. Martin's joined me uh, to wave goodbye, I suppose, to somebody that can definitely be classed as one of the sort of modern day heroes for Aberdeen and its supporters. Yeah, hi Richard. Hi Martin. First of all, it's not a surprise, is it? I mean, it's um, he wasn't getting the minutes that he perhaps felt he deserved. He wasn't seeing the, the starts. I think there was only one this season. And I think when your place in the attacking midfield position is being taken by Funzo Ojo, uh, when other players are out injured, then you probably know your time is up. Yeah, I think he did, uh, which is a which is a shame. But uh, everybody's time, you know, everybody's time comes to an end at some point. It's it's a shame to see him go. For for some of the young team, which myself and and you clearly aren't, um, he is, as you say, a, a modern day hero. One of those guys who is, with terms of you know, able to do things with the ball at his feet that. Um, there were very few other guys at the club in the last 10 years that could have do that sort of stuff. So it, it is sad to see him go. Um, he's contributed a hell of a lot to the team um, in the time he's been here, um, which I suppose you would say both spells, even though he wasn't away that long. Um, but no, some amazing contributions from him. There's been a lot of that narrative about how his second spell wasn't as good as his first. And I think we can all agree that that was the case. It wasn't as good, but it's a, to suggest that he didn't make a worthwhile contribution saying things I've heard from some is wrong, quite frankly. I mean, you know, you've only really got to look at that very first game back against Kilmarnock and uh, he, that goal he scored, there's nobody else in the team that could, that could possibly have um, they could possibly have put that run and finished together. 
just by doing that, you know, there have been 901 players that have played for Aberdeen, and, and, and simply by scoring that goal, he probably puts himself above about 500 of them just with that single goal. 2018-19, you think of the kind of the big moments there, the kind of the key moments of that season, and Niall McGinn's there and thereabouts, isn't he? I mean, he's the one that's got the got the assist for Lewis Ferguson's header at Hamden. He scores in the uh, the cup win at, uh, at Ibrox. It's uh, again the numbers are down. There's no question that the numbers are down, but uh, it's still a good solid return. And it, now 1920 was the season which was curtailed by um, by the onset of the pandemic on honestly and there were two players that really suffered from Aberdeen that season because they were enjoying sort of mini renaissances and or time in the team and the two really that suffered were Niall McGinn and Dean Campbell and McGinn's contribution that season because it's 1920 and then the, the season without fans 2021 are going to be for, forgotten by by most but you're still looking at in a curtailed season, seven goals and nine assists from from Niall that season. It was it was still important contributions in important moments. Not saying he matched the levels of that first spell, which was really quite consistent and really telling, especially in that final season. But to completely overlook the the contribution when he came back it is wrong. I was really surprised in the summer actually that he got that extra year from Stephen Glass. I thought it would have been a sort of statement almost of intent from the new manager to say that no, you know, I've got my guys and I've got my way of thinking and you're a part of the old regime. But then again, who scored the first goal of Stephen Glass either? Who, whose assisting goal that evening made sure that he got through his first game against Livingston without losing? It was Niall again, And again, it was proof that he could still make a contribution. He could still make a difference. But, you know, this season, the minutes just haven't been there. Whether that's backed up by what he is or isn't doing in training, we're not to know. It's a shame that it has to end this way, but most, you know, hardly any footballers get to go out in their own terms, do they, Martin? No, they don't. Um, you know, he's he's one of these guys who, you know, it's not like he's leaving to go to, not to be too insulting to Dundee, but he's not leaving to go to a bigger and better team. So he's probably going up here, he's going to rock up back here at some point. He's got an 18-month deal there. So I'm sure you know, you know, you'll get a round of applause when his name's read, and you'll get a, a cheerio. Um, he's not one of these players who's going to be thrown in dirty challenges as well. So I don't imagine um, he's going to leave on like on a on a sour note. Well, it's not an Aberdeen fan with any sort of brains that would would wish him wish him any ill. No, I'm the same as you. you know, I think we said when we did the season preview that we're surprised he got the the additional year. You you would imagine that the manager wanted to keep wanted to keep around you know, somebody who was tried and tested and knows knows the league well and he knows what he could get out of him but he obviously decided that the season got got along it wasn't part of his plans which is a shame that's unfortunately the fickle nature of football isn't it well I think it was quite telling from what is usually quite a divided support that um, yesterday th- there was. None of the sort of usual sneering that you might get to a player or, yeah, there was the odd, oh, you know, shouldn't come back for the second time. The positivity and the the regard in which he is held by a lot of the Aberdeen support, despite the fact, despite that tail off in numbers, despite that tail off in the contribution. And that showreel, 20 years, 30 years on, where we're still getting incredible traffic out of Ian Jess 
pingers. It's going to be the case with them again, isn't it? I mean, there were. I think I put we put together a video yesterday. It, it was sort of seven great goals. It was another seven equally good goals that that are left out of there. It's 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 quite a highlight reel. Everybody's obviously going to pick up the pick up on the goal, um, the goal at Tynecastle against Hearts, quite rightly because you know, it was sensational. You know, just um, sending the defender out for a pie. Um, and just knocking one in, and he's probably the only guy that was in the squad on that day that could have done that. Um, and th- that's the one that's going to be eye-catching. But there, are, there were so many other ones. There's a couple, of, you know, a few really good free kicks, as you mentioned. The one, the one against uh, Kilmarnock when he came back. You no, know, it, it's been it's been a, a pleasure pleasure to watch him. Really, you know, when you want to see, he's one of these guys who you go along knowing you're going to get something special out of. One of the few things that Craig Brown did was you know, was bring him to the club. <laughs> yeah. That's fair, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you can absolutely say that um, that first season is is, is is weirdly overlooked. 20 goals that season for yeah. a striker for Aberdeen was not what was happening in the years running up to that. And it was it, it, it was almost like a surprise to everyone that it worked because he hadn't been playing as an out-and-out striker at Celtic or at Brentford where he'd been. So, so he came in, got utilised in that role and... Yeah, and just took to it like a duck to water, and um, and then the reinvention and what in the years that came and, and that partnership with Johnny Hayes and then latterly Adam Rooney, it, um, it that trio, it's it's gonna be remembered for years to come, and that's the, that I suppose is the thing, isn't it? That uh, they had that partnership, and that's often what's really effective in football is, is two guys sort of working so effectively together and whenever you think about Alex McLeish you think Willie Miller whenever you think Niall McGinn you're going to think Johnny Hayes it's, it's no secret how close they were on and off the pitch as well and I think that probably helped them the pair of them working so well with Adam Rooney is just something that it's lightning in a bottle isn't it I don't even think that in his wildest dreams that um, Derek McInnes thought he was going to be able to get those three to work just so well together um, and be able to contribute so many assists and goals all right, so that is uh, today's show. Uh, firstly, I hope you got a little bit of insight into uh, Vicente Bezui. Uh, Derek Ray will be on my case for that. Apologies. Um, and then, uh, you know, I felt we, we just had to mark uh, McGinn's departure from the club yesterday. Um, just uh, a fine servant for Aberdeen from 2012 to 2022. Until next time, come on you Reds.